0: This podcast is sponsored by CDO Group, the industry leader in providing a full range of construction and project management services. CDO Group has managed thousands of projects in all 50 states. Their group of experts provide systems, processes, and procedures to make sure that your projects turn over on time and on budget every single time. With over 24 years of experience, CDO Group is the industry's leader in construction management and general contracting services. To find them, go to Group.com. Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montatecchi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. If you like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Today, I'm joined by Chris Albrecht from Automate.News. Chris, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you on, you know, with automates and all the background you have with uh, interviewing all these people uh, that are in technology and the food industry. It's for me, that's my favorite subject, right? Watching us develop and grow. uh, I'm really excited about having you on the show. So welcome. Well, thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure. You know, uh, as I look back, you know, I was looking at uh, some of the food service industry and, you know, we work with a big, big brand that sells hamburgers and watching them automate their line, you can fairly quickly see how uh, they've, they've kind of created the, you know, the master bone, the bones of the start of it and how each component on that line can start to switch out and get more and more automated, you know, uh, from your end, what are you seeing that's really starting to get revolutionized, uh, you know, with the automation? So what I would think is,
1: let's think less uh, revolutionized and let's think more like accelerated, right? So just last week, I want to say, I think it was last week. It might have been the week before. Might have been a couple weeks ago. Sorry, Uh, but uh, White Castle, the chain, you know, Midwestern. I guess they're everywhere. But White Castle has 377 locations across the U.S. uh, and they'll be implementing Miso Robotics Flippy uh, frying robot at a hundred of those locations. So more than a quarter of the so Miso makes this robot called Flippy. Originally, it was intended to grill. Hamburgers. That's why they called it flippy because it would flip a burger. It used thermal sensors, computer vision, AI, all these things to know when to cook a burger perfectly, right? But they found that. Uh, restaurants were more in need of someone, something to work the fry station. As you can imagine, fry station can be a dangerous place. You're standing in front of a hot vat of oil. You're taking things in and out. They're splashing, they're slipping. There's all kinds of things. So they uh, paused Flippy's grilling features to turn it into more of a frying robot. And so the Flippy two focuses more on frying and it takes, you know, it has a a robotic arm. uh, It's on a rail and the robotic arm accepts like it. There's a hopper where you can dump in French fries or tater tots or chicken tenders and then it dumps that into the oil knows how long to cook the oil then takes that basket out shakes it off and dumps it into the hopper to be picked up right so white castle is using that at 100 locations which is a pretty big deal uh miso also has is also working with inspire brands which does buffalo wild wings to do a wild wing frying robot so that's one place where you're seeing it. you're also seeing um and that's in the back of house and in the front of house, you're starting to see more robot servers come online. Um, there's a company called Bear Robotics out in California. They make a robot called Servi. There's a couple of there's a few companies in China, Pudutech, Keenan. They make their own versions of server robots. And basically, these are just self-driving racks uh, that you can load food on, tell it what table to go to. And then it drives itself over to the table where the guests can pick up the food. That way, a server can focus more on customer service and isn't lugging around a big tray of food all night.
0: Well, you know, we've been working on uh, brands that have, you know, we started putting table locators in for the last couple of years, right, uh, trying to figure out so that uh, the digital world can see the physical world and th- those, those robots that are coming, right, that are, that are literally coming. And I think that's something to really start to look at, right, as brands start to look forward and start to think about where they're going to go with, the, you know, uh, automating their processes, it takes some setup inside the facility to figure that out, right, to be able to look at their their, their current real estate and start thinking, okay, look at in order for that uh, self-serving robot to figure out the space that it's going to be able to work in, how do I digitally see that? And, and, you know, one of the brands we're working with has set up these things called table locators. And that, that you can see very quickly in the future. will be able to read your, you know, ESN number from your cell phone. And you'll order from your phone and go right to a table. And, you know, and now your order will come right to your table instead of you ever showing up at a counter. And, you know, just changing, you know, f- starting to foresee where that's going. I think that's something that a lot of brands are watching and some are really starting to create, right? So are just stepping into bravely into these new areas and and, and automating and creating these, these new options.
1: Yeah, well, what I think is interesting is if you look at, and this is anecdotal, right? Like I don't have hard market research data on this, right? But if you just Google server robot, what you'll get in Google News is a bunch of local news stories from across the country. So you'll get them from Georgia, Florida, Minnesota you know, Texas, California, all of them are basically the same thing, right? Like, hey, there's a robot serving your food at this local restaurant, right? It's not big chains that are using these robot servers. It's these mom and pop chains as well. Um, You know, you have your big ones like Chili's and Denny's that are using them. But it's really what I'm finding interesting is the story of robot servers is really one of sort of a, a groundswell, where it's not just big chains ordering 100 of them, right? It's small chains ordering one, and then that robot automatically you know the uh, you know if you take bear robotics for example it just needs to map the restaurant one time and then it has built-in collision avoidance so that it doesn't run into people uh the BellaBot from pudu tech has cat ears and if you pet it it'll purr uh, but another thing is that um uh, i think pudu was another one at ces this past uh, winter uh, just this year they've added now a giant screen to their mobile robot right so what that mobile robot isn't just carrying food it's also announcing specials that are happening get half off whatever right like it becomes a mobile billboard for advertising to create either sales and promotion or even possibly even ad revenue right instead of having that you know you know those restaurants always have yeah. magazine ads stuff somewhere where you can actually have space on there uh to advertise for local community uh local businesses
0: well, I think that's what's neat because the the thing that we're not noticing is that that as the technology kicks in, right? What what starts today as an idea, we we're not going to see what what the other side of it becomes, right? You know, the the ability to know where it's going to go and and some of the things you can do, like you know, once once we now can enter robots into a facility and and, and now automate this process and now add a screen to it, great, that's that's a start, but who knows what else you can start to add on it. And I think that really is, is something to look at, is start to really invent and create the other options you can do. Now, you, now you've now you got in-store uh, uh, communication, right? Can you add on, you know, hey, by the way, would you like a dessert? Or can I get you something, can I, can I serve you better? Can I get you a napkin? Can I get you a, uh, uh, you know, what are the things that I can do in preparation for, oh, by the way, are you signed up for our, our club, right? Are you on our email list? You know, what are the things that I can do in store while, you know, I've already got this, I've already served them well. Right Now is my opportunity to go in there, communicate with them another notch up, right? How do I take this 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 the service device that I have and utilize it, and you know, the things that we're, they're, they're gonna utilize it for are unseen, right? You, you can't even start to imagine them until the robot shows up in the, in the facility and you look at it and go, all right, I hear it. When you said purring, a cat purring, you know, pet its ears and purring, think about entertaining kids and how much fun that is, you know, them running around getting selfies and, and having this cat that purrs. It's just, it's a whole nother level of, hey mom, I wanna go there for dinner, right? I mean, Ronald McDonald was great as an idea, but now you've got a purring cat where I could I could you know, I want to go back to the cat that purrs, right? That that's a whole nother level of 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 something that wasn't there before that, that device showed up. Yeah, that's right. And if
1: you think about it, like the idea is though, is to is there is sort of a novelty to it, right? Yeah. And then you just want it to make the restaurant run more smoothly. So people might come at first to see the robot, but then hopefully they come back because they're getting better service because the robot is taking care of sort of the manual, uh, the manual aspect of carrying food back and forth from the kitchen. Anyway, th- yeah, I mean, we're just at the beginning of it, but it's really, it's accelerating.
0: Yeah. Now the uh, each one of these little inputs, you know, the the fry flipping, you know, the the fly, the fry cooking robot. Uh, you know that that's just a, a great little add on for a brand. You know, as I look at uh, the hamburger brand that we work for now, they've got this line that you know where people work on either side of the line, and there's a conveyor belt that goes down the middle of it. But you can see how each segment of that line could be uh, popped off and an automated system, go uh, be attached to it as they get developed, as it gets, uh, uh, you know, get uh, uh, secretized here. You know, some of these brands are, the smaller brands are easier to execute on, on these ideas because they don't have a lot of decision makers to make. A lot of the bigger brands are out there. They have, you know, hundreds or maybe thousands of franchisees they have to figure out and they're trying to solve the bigger idea of it. And ultimately, they're looking for ways to be, you know, like you said, more, uh, you know, more productive, more consistent, uh, more cost-effective, obviously, and with labor costs the way they're going now, you're you're seeing people really stretch to look for where can I get, uh, where where can I get, uh, you know, more and more innovated and and use something or more and more automated, so I can use things that are a lot easier and, uh, you know, make my 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 whole kitchen experience that much more predictable.
1: Yeah, I mean, labor is the big thing driving a lot of this, right? And th- labor is a big complicated issue yeah. right there are lots of reasons why there's a labor crunch going on and those get into issues of like equitable pay working conditions uh, you know and the pandemic really fueled all of this right so i don't want to minimize that i don't want right, to say that's right, that's right. like all this is great right and it, for me it's just it's sort of like it is inevitable and, and part of that is because one a robot like a frying robot can take over a legitimately like potentially hazardous job right yeah. like getting uh, working in front of a hot oil thing and it can do so all day um but it also what it also allows restaurants to do is control their costs a bit better because a robot will dispense the same amount of ingredients each and every time so it knows so like a, a picnic pizza assembly robot is always going to spit out this many grams of cheese this many slices of pepperoni and it's always going to do that every time so what you know is that your overages are going to go down There's less waste just because it's literally a robot doing it. Now, what that means is that there are going to be a lot of parties that need to come together to make sure, well, what do we do about all these displaced workers? And if you talk to tech companies, they're like, well, they'll have better jobs because there'll be now robotic jobs opening. So I really want to make sure that we hold those startups accountable to make sure that those new jobs are being created as we're displacing you know what has been like, you know, historically a really easy job for anyone to get as their first job.
0: Well, um, and so that's, that's part of it. The job loss uh, idea or complaint that I hear, it's, it's always funny to me because we, we've always, look, it, every time we've automated something, you know, that, that argument comes up, well, what happens to those people's jobs? So you're right. Like, you know, if, if robots show up in construction, what's going to happen to that construction? Look, they've always been replaced. At, at one point, we had switchboard operators, right? That answered 555 right. five, five, five Chicago, right? And, and then you, you, you then, then there were, Then there were Bell people that did the Bell lines, right? And then there were Bell, you know, there were whole Bell companies that that ran and ran lines to your house and you know put phones out there. And and then those, those, that's essentially going away. And today you've got cell phones. But, to, you know, those jobs have continuously to evolve and the idea that we can, by slowing down technology, somehow now we're going to benefit the world by keeping those jobs. And, you know, we've heard it said a thousand times, if technology is taking over your job, you probably had a pretty tough job to, to deal with, right? It had to be repetitive, it had to be, and, and they will get smarter and smarter at the jobs that they do, but what's also going to happen is they'll be, give us opportunities to, to number 1 you know if you let's look at Uber for a great example right at at some point the taxi the taxi driver you know who was married to a shield to a company that owned them now today they they make similar money than they made before if not more and they operate on their own hours right today uh, you know, you don't need to be, you don't need to go through this massive amount of schooling to become a taxi driver. Today, I could be a, a dad who drops his kid off at school and then go make, go make 150 bucks a day and then pick him up at the end of the day and turn off Uber. And that could be an Uber driver. And what it's done is it's taken out all of the middlemen in between it. So as technology keeps getting smarter, it will feel like there there will be places where people will go, well, what about my job? And they will continue to be pushed and, and 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 ask us to grow, right? But you know, here, look. Every time I my cell phone, cha- I just got a new update yesterday. I'm like, damn it, they changed that again. But then, like two weeks from now, I'm like, I love this, right? Because it just cha- I'm not made. I'm not made for change. I I am, am a little bit of a creature of habit. and I get stuck in these ways, but ultimately it's never not served me right the the changing and you know the, the places where you ask people to you know there was a, a robot we we interviewed uh, last friday from, uh, from uh, 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 Hilti. They're doing this cool robot that screws, that uh, drills holes up on ceilings, right? And literally, its whole job is to do the most dangerous job, or one of the most tedious jobs on a construction high-rise job, which is screw holes into a ceiling, you know, hundreds of them in a day, right? And imagine yeah. the people that do that, they can sit on a ladder and, 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 driving all day long, and they've made a robot that does that today, and people could go, well, wh- wh- what about that guy's job? Well, think about that, they're sitting on a ladder, Going upwards with dust and and cement falling in your face the entire time, and now robots doing that job. Okay, great. Now what's also replaced is an operator that operates that. Right now it takes a team of people that can input the data to run it. Now it's just taking the just taking the work from the front side, the back side of it, and move it to the front side. Now it's asking the people who did layout, people who who you know ultimately the people that do that job really really well, were people who did layout right? They, they were layered experts, but now they can now input stuff into a computer they can see it a lot different. And I think that as those skills change in the restaurant world, that same thing will happen. You know, now maybe there's not someone that's sitting at a fry machine that's literally sitting there getting burnt because every time that pops out or, or grease hits you. Uh, you know that, that if, if you look at any restaurant, that's the lowest level in the rung, right? Anybody has to get stuck in the fry machine. If you worked at a restaurant, you're like, eh, I got to do fries. But that's how you earn your way in, right? You start the fry machine and you work your way over. And, and um, you know, so... We're changing that, but ultimately, as a, as a group of people, we're becoming safer, our people are going home more, sa- more safe, and we're ultimately making more money because of it. You know, the, those jobs are, are getting smarter, and, we, you know, we'll, we'll find out that uh, uh, by doing that, there'll be more money in the system for the other people that, that, that uh, you know, that we need to have uh, th- their skills. Yeah. Well, for sure. Like I said, it's a big, complicated issue. And it's one that I
1: hope that we just, as we proceed, like I said, I think robots are just inevitable because they can work all day. uh, They can work without a break. They can, they don't get injured. They don't get sick. And that's still an important thing right now during a pandemic, which is still going on, is reducing sort of the human to human contact. Uh, that people have at, during their food transactions, right? Like people are more aware now of how many people have touched their food or who they need to interact with. And for the worker, like at a grocery store or at a, um, or at a restaurant, the host, you know, that's one person who interacts with potentially hundreds of people a day. Like, oh, that puts them at risk, right? So uh, what I'm just saying is that we, I, I don't, I, I think that this is, that, that, that this march will continue, um, but I just want us to be cognizant and mindful of how we implement it. Um, to make sure that it, it doesn't become too one-sided. But you know, I, I think that there are uh you know, you were t- you were talking about the fry station. Uh, you know, another robot that I think is going to be one to watch is also from Miso. Um, they're putting in they're automating the drink station at a drive-thru. So the robot will take the order from the drive-thru and then because right now somebody has to like hold a cup underneath a fountain. Right. Which can take a long time. I mean, it sounds kind of dumb, but it, it is like you got to, you know, get it and then you got to you know, kind of do it a couple more taps to, to fill it up. And there's a ratio for ice to, to 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 drink. Right. And this will automate all of that and then group the orders together so that it when it uh, when the order is placed, you know, that's one less thing You know, that that makes that job. It, it increases the speed of the drive through so more customers can come through.
0: Now, it's cool. I've seen that uh, in action. And that uh, that's another one of those ones you go. Oh, that's genius. Right. It, and each each part of that, you know, uh, I've then if you go to the front side of the counter, you know, uh, the kiosk. Right. I think that that was the first one. You know, the first time I interacted with the kiosk, I'm like, oh, well, you can't even take my order anymore. You know, and, yeah. and, and I didn't realize how much easier it was. Now It just took me a second. Again, it was just like that new technology. I didn't I didn't. You know, I thought, oh my God, these people are unfriendly. They're making me go to a kiosk, and they're taking out the part of the. Uh, sur- they can't service me anymore, and I think at first, because it's ch- change oriented, it felt that way. But once I got used to doing this, right, and and we can we're going to see how automating uh, these kiosks are the start of it, right? They may be the uh, they may be the, the the really basic part of technology is starting. But you can see very quickly how that becomes an integrated model where you'll be able to actually talk to you just like a server did. And you'll be able to see digitally what's happening there and have orders happen much, much faster and simultaneously, you know, getting orders correct. And, you know, another one of those places where we'll start to see, you know, that that real interaction between uh, digital world and the physical. Now, you know, again, I think that there's a lot of people that are saying, hey, look, my kids now have Starbucks and McDonald's delivered. I mean, it makes me not so much. Seriously, you had a coffee, you, you guys could have drove down to the Starbucks to get it. No, dad, well, we, we, we uh, I'm like, yeah, something's going wrong there, but I think it's more of a novelty, but now it's become a thing that, you know, if they want uh, you know, a group of them get together, they kind of order, they'll order Starbucks and have it delivered to the house, and, and all of a sudden they're, they're all got their Frappuccinos or their, whatever their pink drinks are. They're, they're like, There's a whole group of them, and they, you know, someone will, uh, and they, what they do is they Venmo each other money, And then they put an order together. I'm like, (laughs) I can't imagine Starbucks when they first started uh, making coffee in Seattle ever thought that someone would Venmo money at some house party in Oak Park, Illinois, and all of a sudden, you know, my uh, the 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 group had you know $50 worth of Starbucks delivered, uh, automated. You know, uh,
1: well, wait uh, till a drone's or, hovering outside your house
0: tethering down uh, lattes. Yeah, right, right. or no, you're seeing it. Yeah, I saw the. Uh, uh, we were working with a pizza group that uh, uh, they're working on an eight-minute delivery. I mean, I mean, eight-minute delivery. You can't order pizza. You can't order pizza and go wash your hands and be and sit at the table in eight minutes. I mean, that that whole process. I mean, that's amazing. Right, to be able to have food delivered that fast. Now, you might say, well, what, what about the delivery driver? Well, look, there's lots and lots of other things that will get created when we do this. And just like, you know, today, there are so many new, you know, I was looking at a, a study the other day, the amount of new jobs that are created since the pandemic happened. It, 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 one of the biggest ones is life coaching. I, I here, when, yeah. when I was a kid, there was like, like a couple dozen, right? You had like Tony Robbins and you had uh, Dale Carnegie and you had uh, Zig Ziglar and you, hear, you might have been able to, I don't know, I do Let's say two dozen, right? Let's say if you really think, you 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 can name two dozen of them, right? Today, you could there there are thousands of life coaches in Oak Park, right? Literally, literally there are life coaches and physical coaches and people that do you know uh, mental train support and people that do physical support and it's it's a whole genre of of careers that has evolved out of us continually, if, if you look at our society, we just continue to, to upgrade uh, and get a little bit smarter and start looking, all right, we'll, we'll look, we're going 1,000 miles an hour, all right, a lot of us are feeling un- disconnected. A lot of us need some support from somebody else, that feedback loop that we we're missing, uh, you know, we were tribal, right? I mean, just a few thousand years ago, we were tribal people. We walked together, and we, you know, we all had this way of, you know, elders kind of walked with you. Said, "Great, hey son, you're you're, you're carrying that spear right, or, or uh, hey, you know, you're 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 doing this right, you're doing that wrong." They'd mark you. They might have given you a rite of passage. You had a feedback loop. Well, today so much stuff is happening with computers and the internet and the metaverse and all of these great things are happening so fast a lot of us are, are are feeling a little off kilter and all of a sudden now we're, we're looking at uh, uh, a life coach which wasn't a job that was a, even something my, my dad never even thought about a life coach it was you know maybe you want to get some motivation or something but you didn't have it the way that we had it there and it, certainly his dad didn't think about it and uh, I think that's really what's neat about the progression of it. it it's hard to see that. And sometimes where I kick my heels, I'm like, I don't want to change. Well,
1: well, I think the other thing to think about is, is you know, labor issues, was will set aside those for a second, but do you need a two-ton car to deliver two tacos <laughs> right. or two lattes, right? <laughs> like, should, that, should you have a giant, like a full-size car on the road, increasing traffic, increasing emissions, right? All of those things. When you can have a drone deliver it in, you know, three and a half minutes, Right, one your your latte arrives hotter it, it arrives at the right temperature. You aren't using, you aren't clogging up your streets or having people park in front of your house or you know uh, in neighborhoods or wherever. Or especially in city environments, right, where it's tough to find parking, blocking traffic, whatever. Right, like some of these things just make uh, a sense whether you use a sidewalk robot or a drone. You know, if you're just getting a meal for your for yourself, especially like. It's just it just makes it easier to use a smaller form factor.
0: It makes more sense. No, it's 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 brilliant. I mean, <laughs> I'd never even thought about that. The you know you've got a couple ton vehicle <laughs> delivering a couple of to you. That's a you know you know when you start to look at that, how silly that is. If you're looking at from outer space, looking at us, it, going, really? Are you serious? Yeah. That seems uh, completely, uh, you know, uh, it doesn't seem like it makes much sense. So, you know, I, I, as we keep breaking through and seeing these opportunities, right, uh, drones, uh, automated uh, delivery uh, vehicles, you know, uh, what, what, uh, what, what excites you the most? What's, what, what are you looking at going, I, that's inspiring me. I, I want to see more of that. Well, I do really
1: like the idea of drones. Uh, I think drones are going to kind of move at two speeds, right? There are a lot of regulatory hurdles to be cleared (laughs) with the FAA and civil civil aviation authorities around the world. Um, But I think that those, at least in theory, right, make a lot of sense. Because if you order a meal, it arrives in minutes instead of it travels better. um, It doesn't slosh around inside a car and you have fewer cars like on the road making those deliveries. I think those are really interesting. The one I'm also interested in uh, is autonomous checkout. So the idea that it's like an Amazon go store where you walk in, grab what you want and leave. Uh, I think you're going to start seeing a lot more of those. Well, actually you will start seeing a lot more of those in airports and places like sporting venues, arenas um, and hotels where you can just walk in and grab what you want and go. Uh, I think you're also going to start seeing more uh, vending machines Right now, there are places like, uh, not places, but companies like, you know, uh, Basil Street or Piestro that make hot pizza for you. So imagine being at an airport and your flight is delayed and it's 11 o'clock at night and everything is closed. Or conversely, it's five o'clock in the morning and no coffee is open. And there's a robot coffee vending, you know, making you hand that's robot arm crafting you a, 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 your latte or your cortado or whatever. I think that those are all really exciting areas to watch.
0: Well, I I think seeing that, uh, seeing those piece of vending machines blew me away, right? Having a a fresh pizza that's literally pressed and made in three minutes, uh, fresh, you know, fresh oven fired, you know, uh, fired. Now imagine putting that on a autonomous vehicle and now you can communicate that thing, communicate to that thing and it's making pizzas on the way to your house, right? To to me, you you could see that, You blink your eyes in a couple of seconds and all of a sudden now you're seeing pizzas, uh, you know, being made, you know, you order a pizza and while you're ordering it, it's driving towards you. Right. You know, imagine well, there's a, yeah.
1: there's a company called Yokai express that makes a hot ramen vending machine. <laughs> uh, and they just debuted their autonomous driving vending machine. Right. So it's going to be a debut on a college campus. So you bring up your phone, you bring up your Yokai app, you basically hail the ramen vending machine to wherever you are on campus and then it, and place your order. And then it makes the food as it's driving to you. Right. <laughs> so as it arrives, you open up the window, you open up your cubby and there's your bowl of hot ramen Made right there on the spot, right? So, those kinds of things are
0: coming.
1: Oh, that's, they're already here,
0: right? I mean, I, I mean, dinner. Uh, dinner in, in minutes and you know the, the varieties that you'll be able to get from there. Uh, you know we, we I was talking to you about, uh, pre-show about uh, a group that we're working with uh, that's looking to put burritos in a, into a robotic and you know some of that stuff's really tough right? We're trying to break through and learn how to, ma- how to do that and, and make the system to do these. You know I, I think that's where a lot of a lot of the robotic folks that's the opportunity. More than ever there's these opportunities for people to continue to take their skills and all the other technology places we've grown and apply them to the food industry or the construction industry and start to really uh, find a way to go all right look here here's the here's the fur you know well we were the group that prints a house every 40 hours yeah. I printing a house I mean I, 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 in 40 hours I mean I mean that's essentially a couple of days you've got a house printed and uh, they're not bad-looking either I mean they're they're energy efficient they've got all kinds of cool stuff that they've got inside of them and you know that again is something that I don't think you could see where that's going to end up as we continue to develop these things. And, you know, th- that's, that's inspiring. For me, it's, it's every time we break through one of these things, someone who creates a drone that delivers, uh, someone, someone that uh, has a, autonomous, a, a pizza machine or a ramen, I mean, <laughs> a ramen machine, that uh, a, a robot that makes ramen on the way to your dorm right? You extrapolate that over a city. And, uh, you know, now all of a sudden you've got all kinds of neat opportunities, uh, for groups and brands and, and, uh, you know, different, uh, different people that are cooking, you know, making things.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Cool. And you can go to automate.news, O-T-T-O-M-A-T-E.news to learn about all of it. Well, let's make sure they do that, right? Cause you guys have got, you're always on the latest technology. Let's make sure that people get there. If people want to get a hold of you, uh, where, where can they look you up? Uh, just visit automate.news,
1: O-T-T-O-M-A-T-E.news. Um, and also if they find me on LinkedIn, Chris Albrecht, um, they, I post a lot of my stories there as well.
0: That's where I found you. So uh, I'm grateful to have you on the show. As always, uh, your, uh, your technology it, it's inspiring to watch and I'm grateful to get a few minutes with you to talk about them. Thanks. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Monoteghi, always looking for people to bring insight into the industry, finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share with your friends.